Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 105 of the 476ers podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about this past weekend. So stay tuned. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode. I said 105 in the intro. It's, I think it's episode 115. It's one of the five. So it's one, then there's an unknown number in the middle, and then there's the five at the end. So it's one of those numbers. Um, Hopefully everyone had a great weekend, a safe weekend, and we're all here, um, you know, healthy, safe, doing fly shit. Um, everyone have a positive morning. Hopefully it's Monday morning. It's the first day of opportunity. Let's fucking get it. As they say, anyway, let's talk about some Sixers first. Before we talk about the Sixers, I want to make fun of Jason Kelsey for a second. Um, dare I say that Dwight Howard had to be the voice of reason. Uh, to Jason Kelsey, which doesn't really make a ton of sense because it's Dwight Howard. But Dwight Howard's kind of been right a little bit lately. You know what I mean? One, he should be in the top 75. I'll be honest with you. I think we're going to do a podcast, possibly me and Victor breaking down the top 75 at some point uh, when I have the time to write all this out because there's no way Anthony Davis is in the top 75. And Iggy, there's no way Kyrie Irving is a top 20 player. He's played 500 career games. Relax, relax. Um, if you, This conversation always gets like... Uh, sidetracked because people start start mixing skill you know what i mean you start talking about skill instead of nba accomplishments in the nba or uh, you know accomplishments as an M- or as a basketball player right as a basketball player whether it's overseas or in the olympics or in the nba those accomplishments start getting kind of conflated when we start talking about skill because if you're talking about skill Sure, Kyrie is up there. Kevin Durant might be the greatest player ever in terms of skill, right? But it's it's not about that. You know what I mean? Tim Duncan wouldn't be sniffing the top 10 if it was in terms of skill. You know, even though he was a skilled big man, but he's not as skilled a big man as Hakeem or Dirk or, uh, you know, Chris Webber even maybe, you know what I mean? And shit like that. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. He should be in the top 75. Uh, the point being, Jason Kelsey... Uh, for anyone who thought that what Jason, listen, it's not for me to say, and I'm not here to defend Ben at all. You know, I've said my thoughts on Ben. And to be clear, if Ben is lying about his mental health, then he can go suck a big fat dick. You know what I mean? Unless he's, you know, maybe, or, you know, maybe he's gay. He could go eat a vagina, uh, not, you know, whatever, whatever thing he wants that he would, whatever thing that he dislikes, he can go eat that thing. Essentially. Um, we are equal opportunity here. So, Jason Kelsey, you can't relate to Ben in any form or fashion. You have no idea what it's like. You are a, I don't even know what, what, what round he was drafted. I'm going to say he's a third or fourth round draft pick centers. Don't typically get drafted very high in the NFL, um, in the football. So aside from, you know, him being black, you being white. So we're not even going to jump into that, even though there is a clear backdrop to that conversation, considering that this is Philadelphia, considering South Philadelphia is mad racist and considering that, Jason Kelsey does appeal to a certain demographic of people in this city. Um, I'm not even going to jump into that right now. Right? I'm not going to jump into that part, even though I just jumped into it. I just dipped my toe, pulled it out. Let's talk about other things. First of all, you play in the NFL, right, where there are 53 players on an active roster at any given time in one NFL offensive drive. If everyone stays healthy, you could have 15 players, 16 players on one offensive drive be active from packages, switching out, running back switches, rest here, rest there, 15, 16 offensive players and one and at one drive. You as a center are one of the you, you are only noticed when you fuck up as a center. 
You know what I mean? Essentially, when you're the when you're a center in the NFL, you're only noticed when you fuck up. So when you mess something up, when you fuck up the the when you fuck up the uh, snap or snap count, it's 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 on you, right? That's pretty much it. Other than that, everything falls on the quarterback. From the quarterback, everything falls on a running back or a receiver or a tight end. It falls on all these other offensive players, or unless you have a shitty offensive tackle, right, who is just getting killed by a defensive end or something like that, right? So those things get obvious. Uh, but you are one. You are in the middle tier of people that people are actually paying attention to on a football field. You're like right above the fullback on offense. And then on defense, there's another 11 players. So you're not even on the court. You're not even on the field the whole time. You know what I mean? And depending on the nature of the game, you may not be on the field that much, right? Depending on if your offense sucks and the NFL, the, foot, the defense is forced on the field more. So that's another thing. Another thing, you're all wearing helmets. The visibility of NFL players is a lot different than the visibility of basketball players. Every single basketball player in the world, if you watch any NBA, if you're one of the, if you are one of the top 50 most popular players, that means that you are going to get recognized somewhere. If you are one of the top top 10 best if you're put it this way if you are a top 10 center in the nfl no one is going to know who you are probably if you are a top 10 point guard center shooting guard forward whatever in the nba you are going to get recognized almost guaranteed unless there are nfl fanatics who know what every single football player know looks like under their helmet most times they don't you know what i mean most times they don't unless you're jeff saturday and that's because he's on espn you know what i mean you're already off the fact you're going to be kind of already not recognized. On top of that, Jason Kelsey, one, I don't even know who the top five greatest centers of all time is. I don't, I don't know who they are in the NFL. I, I don't know who the best center of all time in the NFL is. I have no clue. If you ask me, I would just say Jeff Saturday because that's the only one I really know. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, great and famous, I guess. I think he's in the Hall of Fame too, right? It's like the only one I know. And then you, right? If you ask me who the best center in the NFL is today, I can't tell you. If you ask me who the best center in the NBA is today, I can give you 15 names. You know what I mean? They're not all the best, but I can give you all the names of all the starting centers in the NBA. I can't tell you all the starting. Now, that's also partly because I don't know much as much about football as I know about basketball, but that's not the point. The point is, most people can't. You would have to be an NFL fanatic to name all of the centers of the NFL. Otherwise, if you're just a part-time fan, if you're a part-time fan, the same part-time fan who recognizes Ben Simmons is not the same part-time fan who would even know any of the centers in the NFL. Uh, yeah, you were not compared to the greatest center in the NFL, whoever that is, but Ben came into the league being compared to Magic Johnson, the greatest point guard of all time in the NBA. So yeah, he was the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's a lot different than being the number 80 pick in the NFL draft. There's no, no correlation here. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're talking about. You are off base here to a certain extent. You have a point, but to act like the, 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 my point, my problem isn't that you spoke out, right? You, you can say, you can offer your thoughts, sure. My problem is that you are matter of fact about it, that you were offering it in a way that's like, he just needs to, he need to get to work. Your free throw, listen, there are a million NBA players who worked on their free throw shooting and they sucked at free throw shooting. We know Ben doesn't work on free throw shooting only because of all of the information that's ever come out about it. But there are a million players who work on their free throw shoot. There are players such as uh, what's his face on the magic always gets. Uh, what is his name? I can't believe my mind is just skipped. Um, Nick Anderson, who was a really, really good free throw shooter. Then in the finals, he misses two free throws. And now he can't make a free throw after that. He can't make a free throw after that. He's an awful free throw shooter after that happens. Nobody understands how that goes. It's a completely different thing. You, I can't even, I don't know what the NFL center 
version of the yips is you can't snap the ball right all i know is this our boys in green look like trash you're one of the people that looked like trash yesterday maybe you should stop focusing on ben and focus on your fucking job in the nfl that's all i'm gonna say about that because my man before before the fumble that was obviously driscoll's big-handed fault before that the the the, the series before there's Jalen clapping at you to snap the ball to him, clap, begging the heavens. Just clap. I've never seen a man clap so loud, so frantically and loud. Just clapping and clapping and clapping. It looked like a hood argument, like two girls in the hood are you, you know, clapping like they're about to fight, right? It looked like that, clapping, begging you, please snap the ball before, before the play clock, please, Lord. And you just sitting there thinking about Ben. And then you snap the ball, and it's an awful snap. I- I'm about to have an awful snap in a second. Anyway. Got that off my chest. I'm glad I did. Let's talk about the NBA. Uh, Yesterday, one easy game. You know what I mean? It's the it's the thunder. Good teams take care of bad teams. You know what I mean? There is truth to that. Obviously, we'll talk about the Nets game in a second. Um, Good teams take a bad take care of bad teams. Yesterday, really the highlight to me yesterday. Well, I mean, obviously Seth goes ballistic. The thing is, like Seth scores 23 in the first quarter, and in my mind, there's not even a question that he will not score again for the rest of the game. Because usually you see, like, if Steph Curry scores 20 and a quarter, that means he might go for 50 that game. When a Steph Curry or somebody, Danny Green, whoever, scores 20 and a quarter, they're going to score 20 for the game. They might score 18 for the game. Somehow they'll lose two points. I don't know how. Um, although Seth did end up, he ended up scoring, what, nine points in the fourth? I, I want to say something like that. Okay, no, he scored five. I'm sorry, five points in the fourth. He scored five points for the rest of the game. He scored 20 in the first quarter and then five points the rest of the game, um, which is fine. That's the nature of role players. That's how role players play in the NBA. All I know is he's shooting great. He looks like he did last year prior to him getting COVID. You know what I mean? Because then after, he just he just never got it back. But he looks right now like he did prior to that. You know what I mean? Shooting great, uh, playing really well, playing with a lot of confidence. He played great. Joel, uh, Toby, real quick, Toby. <sighs> Toby, God, God bless you. What, what did you finish with yesterday? I, you know, I didn't do any pre-work here to see how many points people finished with. Yeah, you finished with 14 points and four turnovers. Um, hey, Tobe. Remember when you were shooting 40% from three for the Clippers? Do you remember that? I don't. I don't. It feels so long ago. I don't remember. Did it happen? Am I making that up? What changed? Doc was coaching you then. What changed that now you can't make a three-pointer? Now you just want to post people up all all day, no matter their size. Even bigger guys, you want to post them up. People that you can't post up. Sometimes you don't know exactly when you want to do, when you're supposed to do certain moves. If you have a smaller player on you, you don't try to take them off the dribble. You try to drive through them or post them up. Don't try to outquick them, outpower them. When you have bigger guys, outquick them. Don't try to overpower them. I don't know why you seem to do that opposite. You know what I mean? Um, I just hope that you can shoot threes again one day. It would make me very happy because right now, the way you're playing, whatever happens with Ben, if Ben does come back, you cannot play right now with Ben. That would be a problem because you can, you're not shooting. You're not shooting threes. And Ben does not do, you and Ben and Joel kind of all operate the same space. And Joel is giving you more space to operate by kind of backing off a little bit, but you are, you're tripping, you're wilding right now. You need to, you need, you work on your three-pointers. Uh, Danny kind of exercises demons. I mean, that was just, we'll talk about that in a second, but he shot pretty well yesterday, especially in the fourth quarter when we started eating baskets. Uh, Tyrese played solid, I thought. You know, I think it's telling, it's very telling that now over the last two games, Tyrese has drawn the toughest matchups, kind of. He didn't draw 
KD, obviously, for obvious reasons. But he was guarding James Harden on Friday. Yesterday, he's guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, I think it's really telling. You know what I mean? I thought he was a good defender last year. I thought it was pretty clear, but obviously they believe he's a good defender. Listen, SGA is going to go off. You know what I mean? SGA hit him with that. I'm going to go full speed this way, boop, boop, dribble back and, and step back and shoot over you. And there's not really anything you can do about that, Tyrese. You know what I mean? Because you're really fast and you're just moving too fast out of the way. You'll, you got to learn. Your, you'll get your discipline. You know what I mean? You got to get your discipline, get squared up so that you don't run one direction off the court. Um Oh, what is a good One Direction song? All the right friends in all the right places. Yeah, you are not in the right places all the time when you're guarding SJ, and that's fine. You'll learn. You'll learn over time. I think you're playing good defense, though. I think it's solid. Um, I thought I thought he played pretty good. Uh, you know, again, this is still a little bit rough around the edges when it comes to being a point guard. It'll take time. You know what I mean? I love his defense. I love his effort. I love how confident he is. Keep shooting threes. I don't give a shit. You'll have to figure that out. It's hard when you're guarding the best player on the other side and then having to shoot threes, it can be exhausting. So, I mean, this is kind of like a crash course for you. Uh, gorgeous Georges. Let's talk about Gorgeous Georges here. Balling. Balling. The minivan is out. He whipping it. He's whipping it. He whipped, he, he whipped the blood. He, he, he. What? What's the word I'm trying to think of? When you... Oh, that's not important. He's whipping it out here. Gorgeous Georges. Gorgeous Georges, you need to chill, though, for one second, because you're trying to get under people's skin, and you're just really angry all the time. I don't really know what's going on with you. Chill. Relax. You need to take a second and chill. Take a chill pill. Your ego, whatever it is, it'll help you to just be a little bit more calm. However, I do like that we went kind of small with him yesterday, played him at center. I thought that was a, a nice little... Move by Doc, who doesn't make a lot of nice little moves. Uh, Matisse, I thought Matisse played pretty well. His defense has been his defense has been great. Don't get me wrong. It's just that he is being he's becoming a little bit reachy um, and a little bit less consistent on one on one defense. You know what I mean? Is the only thing I would say. Uh, just because it seems like he's kind of going for plays, he's still jumping at pump fakes. Um, just a little bit too aggressive. I understand, like I get it, but. I would say just settle down for a bit. You know, I'd rather you be more consistent on more plays. I, I don't care about the stats, right? I don't care about your steals and I don't care about the blocks. I don't care about the stats as much. I need you to be a little consistent. You know what I mean? Keep your feet, your foot, be consistent in your footwork. Don't take off when people pump fake because you get pump faked all the time. Although that play where, where SJ drew that foul on you, I'm going to be honest. Ref, if you're going to call that, you got to call the same one for Joel on the other side because he did that on the three-pointer and maybe because he's bigger, it looked more you know, I don't know, exaggerated, you got to do it. I think what's happening is, and, and uh, James Harden said this yesterday in his, after they lost to the, the Hornets, he said that he felt that referees are kind of, well, him and, and Steve Nash said it too, that referees are kind of made him the poster child for drawing foul calls. And now because of that, it seems like they don't want to give him any foul calls. I think Joe is part of that contingency because his, his, his free throws aren't as high right now. Uh, he's not being as aggressive going to the rim, to be clear. I will say that he's not being as aggressive going to the rim, but I do think that the fouls he would have gotten last year, they're not giving him. And then fouls, some fouls that he should be getting this year, he's still not getting them. You know what I mean? And it kind of feels like it might be because he is also a uh, part of the poster child uh, for that. Furkan, Furkan was struggling, hit a big three-pointer in the fourth quarter as we were desperately trying to give up the lead again. Um, 
really happy with his playmaking. You know, our turnovers are down right now. I think that's I think that's pretty good, except for Toby having four turnovers. I think I, I think our turnovers being down is probably a function of Ben not being on the court because, again, he just clogs up everything. Uh, I also think it's I mean, Joel had six assists and zero turnovers. I don't know. That might be the first time he's ever done that. He also had three blocks. He was really active on defense. I love this version of Joe. I love I would like to see Joe. Uh, the only thing I would say right now is that I would like to see Joe be a little bit more consistent on offense, a little bit more. And his offense just looks not right. Something about his offense isn't looking right right now. I think I think because he's actively trying to be a playmaker, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Something about how he looks on offense is confusing to me when he's trying to score. He just doesn't look dominant scoring right now. Um, he looks good. But, you know, like his mid-range jumper hasn't been as much money as it was in the years past. Some of it is he's immediate. I mean, again, he's just immediately getting double teamed every single time he touches the ball. It's it's pretty wild. Um, what I love about what I'm seeing about Joe, though, is instead of when Joe is getting double teamed, he just the decision making is so much better. One, he tends to slow it down a little bit. He lifts the ball high. No one can get the ball up there. Right. He, he's strong. He's stronger with the ball. He lifts the ball high, makes his decisions, or he just makes a simple pass. Instead of making the pass to get the basket, he makes a simple pass and resets, right? There was one good play last night where he was, uh, where was he? He was kind of a little bit to the right side of the elbow on the right side of the court. And, you know, he gets double teamed. He starts driving left towards the, the foul line. And this is a play where last year would have 100% resulted in a turnover. Toby was standing at the top of the key. Instead, he just gave it up to Toby. Reset. You know what I mean? Just a good decision. Out of all the passes, he made a lot of good passes yesterday. But out of all the decisions, that was one of my favorite decisions because nothing happened, right? Nothing. It didn't result in a stat. You know what I mean? I don't even know, remember the result of the play. But what it didn't result in was a turnover. No turnovers, no stupid plays. Um, I like how he's playing right now. I mean, he's very, he looks a lot Dare I say a little bit more Tim Duncan-ish, you know what I mean, with how he's playing. He looks slowed down, a little bit more measured, a little calmer on the court. Um, whereas last year, I think you would see him get a little bit more emotional, a little bit more frazzled. Right now, he looks a lot more steady. Um, so I love what I'm seeing from Joe. The leadership thing, I wanted to talk about that uh, on the last podcast. Really happy about the leadership. I've talked about Joe's leadership for years here. You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see if when he's injured, if he's still there. You know what I mean? I, I want to see him there. You know, I understand that. See, it could be a little bit different because of his size. I think sometimes if he's injured, they don't necessarily want him sitting down on the court because of how big he is. But if, you know, if you're at home and if the injury isn't that serious, if you're resting, whatever reason, you should be engaged, I think. You know what I mean? I believe you should be engaged. I think that's what being a leader is. You know what I mean? I think that's what being a leader is and it's showing, you know what I mean? You're the best player on the court. Guys want to follow you. Then, then be the leader. Just take the mantle. If you want to be great, that's what you have to do. I love what I'm seeing from Joe on that end. Um, on the other side, listen, this, this Thunder team, this Thunder team is really interesting. They're not good, but they have a lot of guys. I like, you know what I mean? Door, door took a little bit of a step last year. So far in the beginning of the season, he's taken a step backwards. He was a really good three-point shooter last year. This year, the three-point shooting hasn't been there. But defensively, Ferk can. Ferk, listen, brother. You're playing well. Your hair right now looks like you look like you've been cooking pizzas in the hottest pizza place in New York City. In, in, a, in a heat wave, you have no climate control available to you, and you are just hot, you're sweating, your hair is just wet. As soon as you wake up, your hair is just drenched in sweat or whatever it is, and, and you definitely put halal meat 
Uh, there's halal meat at your spot, no question. You serve halal and pizza, no doubt about it. I've met you a million times here. I met you here a million times. Ferk, you need to relax. You're not going to score on Dort. Lou Gwen's Dort was, got famous for locking up James Harden. You, my friend, are not James Harden. I don't know if you don't know that yet. I don't know if you complain. I know the green light at times, the envy of the green light, the gleam can sometimes blind you. When you look in the mirror through the lens of that green light, you may see a person that isn't there, brother. You see someone who's not there. It's not you. It's not you. Relax. You're not going to score on Dort. You tried him three times, and it almost resulted in three turnovers. It's impressive we got the ball back in those situations. Um, Darius Baisley, you're wildin'. You're wildin', brother. You're wildin'. I, I respect it. I respect that you tried, Joe. I respect it. Last year's Joe probably may, may have fouled you. This year's Joe, I mean, I've never seen a cleaner block in my life from the distance of which I saw it from. You know what I mean? It just, he just volleyball, he played volleyball. He volleyball spiked that shit. That was wild. It was a dunk. It wasn't even like he volleyball spiked a floater or a jumper. He volleyball spiked a dunk from you. Relax. Uh, Derek Favors. They mentioned that Derek Favors showed a propensity to shoot jumpers over his career. I don't remember that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to be real. I'll, I don't remember. I don't remember the 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 immensity of Derek Favor jumpers. I don't remember that. I think that's why Derek Favor has never lived up to the hype he came in when he came out of college. You know what I mean? Because he just was supposed to pro was supposed to show, he was supposed to uh, like progress into a possible stretch big and shooter and blah, blah, blah. He never did. So I don't know. I like Josh Giddy a lot. I'll be honest with you. I like Josh Giddy a lot. Big fan of Josh Giddy. He just, to me, looks like a cross on an on X though. Like, a, like you make an X. And you put Luca here, and then you put uh, uh, Lamelo Ball here, and then you an X. So in the middle, right, is down from both of them. I'm not saying that he's as good as them. You X down, right in the center there, where the intersection happens. There's Josh Giddy smiling at you with an Aussie face. Um, he just plays a lot like them. Really good, really good passer. But four steals. Just yeah, he just happens to be in the right place. Eight rebounds, seven assists. He's a big body. Um, kind of plays at his own pace, could probably, they probably will need to get a little bit stronger, but I thought he, I like him a lot. I love SGA. If you know me, I love SGA to death. Uh, and then their bench is just, you know, Theo Maladon is, is just, you know, whatever. Pokazewski played a bit. Um, Pokazewski, just the, 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 if you ever want to watch highlights of a person go from extremely great to extremely bad, you either pull up Jalen Hurts, I'm sorry, or you pull up Pokazewski and you're going to see a guy who, on one play, it looks like Magic Johnson. On another play, it looks like Andre Drummond. You know what I mean? Kind of just what it is with him. Um, yeah, so all good yesterday. But let's jump into the negative real quick. Because I want to talk about Friday's game. Uh, when, when's our next game, by the way? I just want to see something here. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of this site, if you know me. I, I hate this website. Uh, I want to talk about Friday's game. E yeah. Hey, Doc. It, it kills me to know that Doc is known for, uh, at this point in Doc's career, Doc is very much known for uh, being A, you know, outspoken, standing up for the players and a player's coach. And B, B, known for giving up leads, and then C, for being a champion with the Celtics. Uh, it's a shame that you being known as a champion at one time in your career is the third thing we recognize about you. 
And yet the second thing we recognize about you, and which is gonna is soon gonna become the first thing that we're gonna recognize about you. The first thing we recognize about you, Doc, is that you give up leads. You give up leads in series, you give up leads in games. It, it, the, 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 there was a stat that came out last year, and I mentioned, okay, so we play the next, the Knicks. That should be a, that's gonna be a, a tough game right there. Knicks are playing the Knicks are playing well. They just lost to the Magic, but they played the Magic in a home and home. Um uh, and the Magic are kind of frisky. They just have a lot of guys, kind of like OKC. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of guys. They have a lot of guys that I like. No really good players, but a lot of okay players. But Julius Randle is taking another step. You know what I mean? Julius Randle's playing great. Uh, this is going to be probably a tough game. You know what I mean? They're defensive. They've gotten better. It's going to be a tough game. Doc, you're known for giving up leads now. Um, when I was watching that game against Brooklyn, it's crazy to think and yesterday, too, up 16, I knew we would give the lead back. Against Brooklyn, you're up 10 the entire game. Up 10 the whole game. And there wasn't a question in my mind, we're going to give the lead back. It's not quite, we just, one, we don't have any guy. I just, I just, why aren't you yelling everyone to slow the fuck down, get the ball to Joe? How Joe, at any time in the game, when you need a bucket, when you need a bucket on three consecutive plays, you need a bucket and Joe doesn't touch the ball until it's too late. And then Joe is forcing it. You know what I mean? And then Joe is forcing it. Joe, I want you to, you need to, Joe, you need to figure out what is the go-to move. You're, you don't have a go-to move right now. Uh, you do that thing where you try to body them and get underneath the rim. And then you go up and they end up blocking you or whatever. It's not, it's not a good move for you necessarily. Cause you're not, doesn't seem like you're doing it right. You're not exploding enough. Uh, off the floor when you get under there because it seems like you're trying to draw a foul. Like you end up, your go-to move ends up being moves where you're hoping to get a foul as opposed to where you're hoping to get the bucket. And that needs to change, right? You need to hope to get the bucket. And if it's going to give you a foul, cool. But you need to get, I need you to get just a basic drop step, man. You could, you, you would probably have the most vicious drop step we've ever seen. No way LaMarcus Aldridge can stop you. Um, there's no one that can stop you. Just get a nice little drop step. So when we need a bucket, you get a bucket. You know what I mean? Um, but the fact that we don't, we can't get the ball to him. Instead, two back-to-back -back plays is Danny airballing a three-pointer in the corner, which is crazy to think because Danny went from two heat check three-pointers in the first quarter in the first five minutes, doesn't take another shot to the fourth quarter all the way to two, two air balls in the fourth. That was hideous, Danny. What? Dan, you got a few games, Danny, before you start figuring out. Yesterday you played well, but you're, you're just you, – you look old right now. For the first time I'm ever saying you looked old. I didn't think you looked old last year. Danny played huge for us in a bunch of games last year. Right now you look old, Danny. So I don't know what's going on with you. Maybe, you know, whatever. Um, but you need a bucket and you can't get one. You know what I mean? You, you need a bucket you can't get one. You gave up that lead. You didn't three different plays you should you needed to challenge. I'll be honest. Everyone keeps pointing out the one play. There was three plays that should have been challenged. Play number one is the one that goes out, out of bounds off of KD. Very obviously. Good defense by Toby there. Very obvious that ball goes off of KD. You needed to challenge that. I don't know. Whoever you have on your bench is not good at this. You needed to challenge that play. What are you holding on to the challenges for? Play number two is the charge call that Danny draws. That play is a little bit harder. I know that that seems like the most obvious and egregious one because it's the most egregious one because at that point, the game is now is is now completely collapsing out of control and we're looking for any shot in the dark and challenging that play is a shot in the dark. But the first challenge needed to be that play because we were already losing the momentum at that point and we needed to get that ball at that point. So we needed to get a bucket and slow them down and we didn't. 
the challenge, yeah, challenging charges is difficult in the NBA. People, they just, every ref has, seems to have a different interpretation. And then there's a third play that should have been challenged, which is 30 seconds left where they call the automatic foul on Joe, assuming that Joe was trying to foul LaMarcus Aldridge. He was not fouling LaMarcus Aldridge. They didn't even, for one moment, look like a foul. They were not even one second that that looked like a foul. That needed to be challenged. What are you holding on to the challenges for? It seems like you're challenged. What are you holding on to these challenges for? The game is out of balance now. And you don't want to challenge a call. You need to make a challenge. You need to call a timeout and slow the shit down. Get guys on the same page. We're not on the same page sometimes. How you lose 10-point leads. I mean, my man squanders 10-point leads. You can, you know, it made me think like at, at the prime of the of the Warriors, right? Uh, you know, there was always a no lead is safe, right? No, you could be up 30. It doesn't matter. No lead is safe. But a lot of that is created from them playing the Clippers. And I'm not saying that it wasn't true that no lead was safe. It was obviously true. But what I'm saying is that the legend of it, I wonder if it gets a little bit less overblown if they're not constantly playing the Clippers. You know what I mean? And Doc Rivers, who was just giving up leads constantly, just giving back leads, just, just can't help himself. You can't help yourself. Giving back leads. There's no excuse. We should have won that game. Listen, let me be clear about something. The Nets, and I don't think Kyrie fixes this, to be honest. I think it's just a lot of shit going on. It's too much drama. Yesterday, there's fucking protests. I, I read there's a protest. There's a protest out there, and there are there are Black Lives Matter shirts next to Make America Great hats. The only time people have ever united is for Kyrie. Kyrie, that you, I don't know if you should be proud of that or not proud of that, honestly. At least people are uniting over something as stupid as this. Um, Kyrie doesn't fix their problems. One, their defense isn't great outside of KD, who's playing incredible defense. KD, you could argue, is the MVP right now, except that they're one and two, one against us. The other two, they lost against the Hornets. Now, who was the first game they lost against? Uh, it was not a good team. It was not a good team. They lost two games. The first game was not really a good team. Then they, and then they beat us, and then they lost against the Hornets. And then they, but they beat us. You, And to be clear, Ben doesn't fix this. Ben doesn't fix this because he's not a good point guard. You know what I mean? I don't know how you could be a good point guard if what you're doing is essentially always going to pass the ball up when you get near the rim. If you're going to get fouled and can't make jump foul shots, you can't be a good point guard. It just, it just can't be that. You know what I mean? You can't be the point guard that would help us. You wouldn't help stabilize us. You'd be a little bit of a better defender, obviously. But I thought so. I feel like Toby's been playing really good defense this year. I'll be honest with you. Off the ball defense is still a problem for him. He still falls asleep way too often off the ball. But I think on the ball, he's been playing great. I thought he played great defense against against uh, KD and against James Harden a few times. He got switched on him. Um, as good defense as you can play. KD is incredible. You know what I mean? He's incredible. That man, we're, they are down 15 in the first quarter, and he single-handedly brought them back, essentially, with defensive plays. I don't know why, but the other thing is you're playing good defense, but then you want to try him, too. Why do you want to try him? You can't try KD. You are not at the level of basketball player that is allowed to try KD. KD, if you ever notice something, right, just watch, like, watch KD in games or watch him uh, during, like, uh, um, uh, like Team USA practices, 
there's this thing that KD does, right? And KD seems to take it really offensively when he plays any other wing player that isn't really LeBron. And even LeBron, he kind of takes it offensively, but not as offensively. He took it offensively against Giannis last year. And so, and so they won the series. But remember, there was that thing where he, where he essentially said, don't, you know, we can't be compared to each other. And then he doubled back and said, no, I'm mad because you're different type of players. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we know what you meant, KD, because you're, you're passive aggressive. You, you're kind of a saucy little bitch. You know what I mean? Not a bitch in a in a way like you's a bitch, you know what I mean? But like a bitch, like bitch, you know what I mean? Like you saucy, you get saucy sometimes, it's what you do. And yeah, you kind of probably were saying that because I've seen you do this against a million other wing players where any wing player that you don't view as good as you, which is none to be clear, it's, it's zero. But he has also spoken in, in support of Giannis to two or three years ago on the Bill Simmons podcast. When was the, the, his last interview on the Simmons podcast, he talked about Giannis realizing that he's Giannis, like learning that he is Giannis now. But that was before Giannis was winning. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, give me one second. You're getting messages on my laptop. That was before Giannis was winning um, MVPs. You know what I mean? Once Giannis started winning MVPs, all of a sudden it was, don't compare me to him. Don't, he don't want to be compared to nobody. So against wing players, he, he essentially wants to embarrass them so that people understand that there is a distance between him and every other wing player that has ever lived in the history of the NBA. If he played against Larry Bird, he would treat him the same way and Larry would give him 30, but Katie would give him 30 and then they would walk away with no mutual respect for each other. Um, that's Katie in a nutshell. Toby, don't try KD. He's going to do everything in his power to make sure you don't score on him. He takes it offensively when you try to score on him. He takes it offensively when anyone tries to score on him. But when wing players try to score, especially, he takes it more offensively than anything else in this world. The only thing he takes, the only other thing he takes offensively is anything on Twitter that he decides to argue about. But but the first thing he takes offensively is any wing player who tries to score within his vicinity. He doesn't, he doesn't know. You are not going to try to score around KD if you are a wing player in the same game that KD is playing. You're not allowed to score. We need to be better at exploiting mismatches and also understanding which mismatches can be exploited. You know what I mean? There's just a lack of self-awareness on some of the players on our team outside of Joe who every single player is a mismatch against him, but sometimes Joe struggles having a go. I, I, like I said, Joe doesn't have a go-to yet. You know what I mean? I've always, I've said this about a lot of guys, you know, when you have guys who are essentially can just, because you, if you watch Joe, right? Like sometimes when I'm watching Joe, what I feel like he'll make a bunch of moves. He'll do all the moves. I don't think he knows that those moves are moves though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he knows that he just did a drop step or that he did an up and under. Or, you know, I don't think he knows he did those moves. I think he's just doing moves because it's natural to him. He has incredible footwork. And because of that, he just ends up making really high complex moves, but he'll never recreate them because he never learned the move. He just did it naturally. You know what I mean? And I think because of that, when you have guys who can literally just do every single move on a basketball court, they end up in a situation where they don't have any go-to one. You know what I mean? And that can be problematic when time, when the time is ticking down, when you need a bucket, right? Tim Duncan had a, a Tim Duncan could do every move in the book. He settled on three moves, essentially. You know what I mean? Which is a face up off the backboard jumper, a, 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 whatchamacallit, a drop step hook shot. And I don't even know what, what other, what other one, a layup, I guess, like a, a swinging layup, a swooping layup, kind of, I imagine him doing that a bunch of times. Um, Shaq, go-to moves. You know what I mean? Drop step, drop step you out of existence. 
You know what I mean? Hakeem, go-to move, the, the dream shake, no question about it. Uh, every every good player has a go-to move. Dirk has a go-to move. Kobe had go-to moves. MJ has go-to moves. All these guys can do anything they want on a basketball court, but when you need a bucket and it's time to get a bucket, you have a go-to move. Joel, I challenge you to find what your go-to move is right now. What is it? Uh, you're shooting great from the perimeter, though. Shooting great from three. I know a lot of people are probably triggered by you shooting threes because they couldn't shoot threes, a.k.a. Shaq. Uh, but you do what you got to do. Against the, 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 the Nets, though, there is no excuse. That loss was completely, totally on, on, on every single person involved in the game. But it really sta- like, it starts at the coaching. I mean, Doc's face was a face of someone who had no control of the situation, just didn't know what to do. Just couldn't get a timeout, couldn't get his guy settled. Hey, settle the fuck down. Everyone, settle down. Let's go and find the right move here. What's the right thing to do here? Hey, let's get a screen and roll. Let's get a dribble handoff with, 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 with Joel and, and Seth. Seth, maybe don't shoot every jump shot that's available to you. Use, as good as Seth has been playing, he shoots awful jump shots sometimes, coming off that dribble handoff or handling a screen and roll where he just decides that he's going to shoot a 22-footer, a foot in that's contested, and I don't know why you're shooting that shot for. Why are you shooting that shot for? Maybe let's get a screen and roll and really get it to Joe. That's the thing. Or find a guy on the weak side, but, you know, that make the skip pass. But the thing is, is if he could make those passes, he wouldn't be Seth Curry. He'd be closer to Steph Curry, and he's not. Uh, or Toby, let's get a screen and roll with you and Joe. Or set the screen for Joe on the perimeter. Let's mix it up because Joe's showing a, a propensity to really play make here. Maybe we set a screen. Let's switch this shit up sometimes. You know what I mean? Or a screen and roll with Maxi, whose Maxi speed coming off the screen is dangerous. Obviously, his three-point shot is a little bit unreliable, so people are going to drop back on that screen. But it's enough that you have to respect it. You know what I mean? And if you have a little hesitation, hezzy, boop, somebody's going to have to contest it a bit, and you can blow right by them. So we got to find ways. We got to figure things out here. You know what I mean? There's no excuse for that. We need a better point guard. I, I dare, dare I say. I'm going to continue saying the exact same fucking thing. When I said three, week, three, three, two or three podcasts ago, I wish we would have traded. I wish we could trade Ben for Malcolm Brogdon and Chris Duarte. And if you look out there, you guys probably are hearing Duarte's name here. And it's like, oh, shit, Duarte. Yeah, I've seen more about that guy. I was talking about him a month ago. And I wanted Duarte. I like him. If we had Brogdon and Duarte starting as our point guard and our shooting guard, we would be a lot better off with, with Seth and Danny coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Dominating that second unit. Seth, Danny, Matisse, uh, 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 Maxi, and Drummond. That's a great bench unit right there. Or, or you know, whatever the fuck. I don't know. You know what I mean? Whatever. Somehow we got to fit Niang in here. Somebody just fit him somewhere. I don't know. Fit him. Maybe Drummond doesn't play every game. I don't know what it is. But we would be so much better off if we had been traded for a Brogdon and Duarte because they're two really good perimeter defenders, two guys who are not scared to shoot and who are good shooters. You saw it against the Heat, against the Heat the other night. They beat the Heat in a big game. Now, the Heat didn't have Kyle Lowry. That mattered, but still, you know what I mean? Like, you need buckets, they can get you buckets. You know what I mean? We would have been better off. You can't tell me that we wouldn't be better off with those two than the void that is Ben Simmons. And even when Ben does come back, honestly, again, because – all of this, in retrospect, looking at Ben's career, you're going to – I've been saying – I said this last year. You know what I mean? When he was this great playmaker two and three years ago, when you looked at it from the lens of last year, of how last year played out, you really started looking at it like, oh, wait a minute. Was he a great playmaker or was he just so afraid to go to the rim that he was always passing the ball and it made people believe he was a great playmaker? You know what I mean? Because if you look at his career numbers, his assists have been dropping every single year. 
his assists are dropping. Why? Because now guys know he wants to pass the ball. They know he doesn't want to go to the rim. Before, they were building the wall. Like they would build with Giannis. He did the same thing to Ben. Well, that wall has been crumbling and crumbling and crumbling because guys know that they're not afraid of him going to the rim anymore. So those assists are dropping because guys are getting more contest outside. You start looking at it from the scope of that, you start wondering how good actually is Ben? How much does he actually bring to your offense still? You know what I mean? Having a guy like Brogdon and Duarte may be better anyway than Ben. This idea of trading for this all NBA guy and Dame or whoever it is, it's a little bit overblown, especially when Dame is older than than, than, than Joe. You could get, you could have gotten Brogdon. Uh, I don't want to beat this, this dead horse anymore. I don't want to beat the dead horse. I'm exhausted, man. I'm exhausted by this. You know what I mean? We need a good point guard and we don't have one. Even when Ben is playing, whether he's a good point guard or not, it's kind of remains to be seen. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, that's it. That's, I think I got everything off my chest. They got the Knicks tomorrow night. I, I said what I said about the Knicks. The Knicks are playing really well. They're two and one. Uh, first game. Who's the first win? I guess, was that against the Celtics? Yeah, that was against the Celtics. Um, yeah, and that triple overtime fucking massacre. What a game that was. Yeah, when Jalen, I know, double overtime. When Jalen scored, you know, 20 points in a six-minute stretch in the first fucking quarter. I can't even believe that there was ever a time where Jalen was better than, where Ben was better than Jalen. Never. That man is incredible. I would give up. I would give it all up for him. Um, I'm sorry. Longing. I'm just the Wolverine longing for Jalen on our team. Um. So, yeah, the Knicks are good. Julius Randle, really fucking good, man. Took another step this year. He's taking another step this year. I'm giving shit to my homie Paul. He doesn't listen to his podcast. It doesn't matter, but I've been giving him shit. Every single, after every single Knicks game, I sent him a text message. I wish you would have drafted Julius in his fantasy because we had a whole fantasy basketball conversation, and we had a plan, and then he just, just whatever reason, just fucked this plan and went left. He never got Julius, and I was like, you're going to regret that. You're going to regret that because Julius is giving you threes, assists, rebounds, the whole thing. He's incredible. So we'll see how it goes. Last year, I think Toby did uh, defend him pretty well, though. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? They're playing good. They have more space on the court. They got better players on the court. You know what I mean? They signed. Obviously, they signed uh, 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 the Frenchman. Uh, oh, my God. Why is his name escaping me? He's been playing really well for them. Um, and Kemba, you know what I mean? It's not that Kemba is really good or anything. It's not that he's still good or great, but one, he, Kemba always baked us. But, uh, you know, just offers another guy on the perimeter who can create his own shot, who can spread the floor, give space for someone like Julius to do his thing. So Knicks look good. We'll see what happens. That's tomorrow on TNT. Uh, that's it. Everybody, wash your hands. Stay safe. You know the drill. Get vaccinated, please. Um, Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. I just did it backwards. Uh, stop Asian hate. That's all I got. Take care. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. Used to come in.